You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. There's the crack of the bat, and we are off for another episode of Detroit, City of Champions. This is episode 30. Number 30, Jamie. 30. It's 30 a big episodes. 3 Oh, and we are deep into the Red Wings. Deep. We are. DR. Yes. We're, Just get closer. Get right on the mic. You there we go. New there studio. We're getting used to the couple yeah. of eccentricities. Yeah, it's because these are really directional. you got to be right on this bad boy. So there you go. So, but yeah, episode thirty, we're 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 into the Red Wings. We're deep. We've been we've been we've come a long way to yeah. get finally. We are finally at the moment that I think everybody's been waiting for, which uh-huh. is the nineteen thirty five season itself. Okay, this is where we're going to embark upon today, and it's uh, um, there's a we're going to find out the reasons why we've been we spent a lot of times a lot of prep work getting here. Yeah, introducing the history of the NHL. Oh, the players have been great though. Yes. Just those guys coming yes. up, a boy who couldn't skate. Yeah, like that, he's like the <laughs> ultimate like. Bucko, you're talking Bucko. Bucko. This is my language. He's uh, my favorite player I know. Like, ever, or at least from this season. I love Bucko. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like He's your classic guy from a movie, and you can see this guy as a main character in a movie, mm-hmm. a guy that cannot, can barely see. This is why I wrote him into the screenplay. I was going to say, if only someone had written a screenplay about this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, if only. <laughs> so, and I actually, in the in the screenplay, I, I, I um, there's there's a hockey term called a bender. Okay. A bender, and I'd always heard that word, but I guess I'd never really thought too deep into what it I've meant. I've been on a few benders. Yeah, me, myself, <laughs> myself included. But in the world of hockey, you know, it, it's, it means somebody that you know who's, who's basically like their ankles bend as they skate. Yeah, like they, uh. you know, like they're so bad at skating, you know, their, <laughs> their ankles bend. And so, anyways, in the in the movie, when you first meet Bucko, because he's yeah. a former lacrosse player, yeah, when he first goes out on the ice. He they 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 say something about a bender and he goes he's kind of puzzled he goes in the movies anyways he says I don't know what does they what do they mean by by calling me a bender and he goes on the ice and you see the definition of the word with his you know his skates are I kind of bending it. inwards you know I so that's it. that's the that's the like the intro to Bucko I have in the in the screenplay so what is the deal. So what is the deal? Uh, who are our key players moving into the well, 1935 like th- year? Yeah, so this is like who are, you know, who, who you know, that's what we've, the, all the build-up that we've had to this. This is like all the intro stuff that we've had yeah. leading up to this. Um, you know, the key. But I forgot. It's been well, a yeah, we're gonna Yeah, we're going to refresh. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, we can refresh. We it's can been refresh. a week. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, so, um, so anyway, so the lead, the lead dog that we've spent probably the most time thus far talking about is Jack Adams. Okay. The lead dog. Yeah. So uh, you know we we talked about how Jack Adams was a Hall of Famer as a player, mm-hmm. um, literally in the in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a player, and how he took over a, a Detroit franchise, a Detroit hockey franchise, which was only in their second year. They were uh, at that time the Detroit Cougars. Yeah, and um, the team was the team was the, in their first year they were terrible. They were absolutely awful. And, the, and to make matters worse, their best player and their coach. Uh, Art Duncan had left the team, so they had literally nobody on this team. Uh-huh. And so Jack Adams, we call, we talk about how Jack Adams is the father of the Red Wings because you know he came in as the he was the original guy for this. You know the you know the OG as they say. You know the he, this is the guy that came in there. Um, and, and he, he established the very first thing he did was establish a minor league team called the Detroit Olympics at Olympia Stadium. Right. The only minor league team in the entire country that played at the exact same venue as the parent club. And, you know, we speculated how that was the reason why is so that he could have a, per, you know, a firsthand, um, you know, f- you know, extend his influence on their development of players that would eventually be playing for him. Okay. 
And so, um, yeah, so we talked about how Adams, you know, built the, you know, brought in the Olympics. He created the Olympics and how Olympia Stadium in his very first year as the coach and general manager of the Red Wings, that was also the first year of Olympia Stadium in Detroit. It was the, before the, their first year the, Red, the Detroit team had played in uh, Windsor. And then we, we kept on moving forward. And, his, and also in his first year, uh, he, had, he, did, he discovered Larry Ory, who was one of the, one of the you know, he, like, he was one of the key components of this, of this eventual Red Wings team. Um, we talked about James Norris, father and son, James Norris Jr. and Sr., um, and how you know James Norris when they came in uh, when they came in in, in 1933 how the Red Wings team name changed or, I mean sorry the, the Detroit name changed from yeah. first from the Cougars then the, it was the Falcons when Norris arrived and then it, and then he personally renamed them the Red Wings based on the Montreal Winged Wheelers which is a team that he had played for yeah. in their youth Wheelers. you know in his youth and so you know it was a famous hockey team you know in his day in Montreal which is where he was from. And so you know, we talked about the evolution of the of the Red Wings. We talked about how they went to the first Stanley Cup. Yeah. We went, you know, we talked about we went through all this, and we went through and we we went through their, you know their core players. Jack Adams had developed a, a core of five guys, um, with you know uh, with uh, Larry Ory, Herbie Lewis, um, uh, Ebby Goodfellow, Johnny Sorrell, and of course in Doug Young. We call the Reluctant Star. Yeah. And we did an episode on Doug Young. How you know the the, the, the we the last the entire we spent an entire episode, in fact. Talking about how Doug Young, the final sort of piece of that um, core component, the big problem that Doug Young had uh, was that he uh, that he himself didn't believe he was a star because especially when Adams started adding all these different you know they went out and spent fifty thousand dollars to bring in Sid Howell, some serious players, some serious yeah. players. They bring in they brought in um, yeah they, they started bringing in some serious uh, stars. Marty Berry they bring in or mm-hmm. they trade for their lone all star Cooney Wyland. And so they have, so you know, there's this galaxy of stars now. We talked about how in 1934, uh, the Tigers had, you know, went all the way to the seventh game of the World Series, right? And how the Lions had won their first ten straight games, yeah. You know, and they're in so in their and only their first season they had this incredible year. Um, and so and here's the Red Wings having an awful season yeah. in 1934, and how the idea that the Red Wings recognizing that there is this sports renaissance in Detroit at this exact moment that if they were not part of it. They would become irrelevant, and so this, you know, this is um, so. This is you know, thirty five was became a do or die. Yeah. Type like, of I mean, like the repeated failed football yes. teams. If if you didn't do it, exactly, it's a similar situation you're, to the you're to the packing. Lions. Yeah, because the Lions, the NFL had tried to establish a football team in Detroit three times prior to nineteen thirty four with the arrival of the Lions. They tried to establish it three times and failed all three times. Yeah, and so the Lions were in the same boat. If we do not compete, they brought they were brought in. To associate with the Tigers, to win like the Tigers, to, to, to be the football team equivalent of the Detroit Tigers, hence the name the Lions. Um, and so, and the Red Wings were in the, in, a, in the same boat, which is here they've been around since you know, 1926. And, you know, this, it's, it's do or die. The hockey is, you know, just getting going a little bit. You know, there's, you know, they're getting a few fans. A lot of the fans are coming over from Windsor just to watch the Canadian teams and to boo the home teams in Detroit. <laughs> and so yeah. if they're going to switch this script. They're doing that now, too. Well, sure, yeah. It's, it's history repeats, right? Yeah. So anyway, so, so now here's their opportunity to, um, to be part of this Detroit renaissance. And, of course, we talked about how they acquired Sid Howell, um, you know, Sid Howell and um, – um, uh, Scotty Bowman in this big fifty thousand dollar acquisition, which yeah. was just a monstrous deal at this time, and, and could not uh, you know doubt but send a ma- a huge message to the to, you know, to all the Detroit saying 
you know, just like the Tigers have spent a hundred thousand on Mickey Cochran, we spent fifty grand on we're some serious. hockey and two hockey players, and we're yeah, we are serious, ready to go. And then we also we, we left off, um, and then we we talked about how um, one of the final components in this galaxy of stars that Jack Adams was assembling, to, you know, for this purpose of winning in nineteen thirty five, Bucko. Well, we, yeah, well, Bucko, <laughs> Bucko was the, one of the final know, missing know, pieces, know, but he was All the right. kind of guy that they didn't even know they had. He was the kind of star that yeah. they didn't even know that yeah, they yeah. had, kind of like Hank Greenberg was in 1934, where nobody really, you know, nobody knew Hank Greenberg was going to be yeah. a star before 1934. But what was that final other piece? Yeah. What, what's what that? was that other piece? What, oh, before I interrupted you with Bucko. Oh well, we're, yeah. We're, so um, <laughs> no. So Doug, so Doug Young. Yeah. Was our, it was another. They, they knew Doug Young was was a great player. He was a good player at the yeah. very least. But he had never put it all together. And we spent an entire episode talking about one of the most fascinating components that, uh, in Detroit Red Wing history, which has never been discussed. It's, it's unknown. Yeah. And, I mean, how can it be known? The whole season's forgotten. But in this particular case, what we have is Ebby Goodfellow uh, is the captain of the team, the most revered Red Wing, one of the best players in the entire NHL, yeah. gives up his captaincy to Doug Young to force Doug Young into the spotlight and say – Doug, you are a star, and we think you're such a star. We want you to lead us as the captain of this team. Wow. And it forced Doug Young to take that step up into you know into into be that leader. And and they by every single account, which we spend a lot you know a great deal of time on that episode, yeah. emphasizing this idea that Doug Young undoubtedly had his greatest season up to that point. And it absolutely and they actually specifically say in all the articles there in you know two or three articles that we read last the, the last episode. That making Doug Young the captain specifically, you know, led him to this, you know, t- to raise his game to an entirely another level. Yeah. And so these are the things that have led up to the 1930. You know, we got a little bit ahead, you know, kind of, you know, spoiler alert, making you know, telling about Doug Young how he played in 35. Sure, but we but we, it was necessary in order to introduce the context for you know for all the things they were doing leading up to this year and why it was such a huge deal that they came out. And they, you know, and they won in 1935. So how do how does because with the football at the time, like the Lions, they had won their first ten games, um, and then somehow they didn't win the in in 34. Yeah, you know, it because of they lost uh, just it, it was like the last couple who they games, who yeah. they lost to yeah. and, and uh, so how did it go for the Wings in 35? Uh, oh, we'll get there. Okay. We got to take everything starts with a, you know a single step. We, All right. I, I want to start at the beginning. All right, let's where because we. This is a tremendous story, and you know I, I think it's going to take about three episodes to get through the you know to get through the you know from now until the, through the playoffs with okay. the Red Wings. Sure. Um, but the first, but the beginning of the season is really is you know we're uh, we're going to look at the first uh, seven or eight games for the season. All right. Um, um, and then the next episode, we're going to look at sort of the season itself as a whole. And then the final, you know, the third episode will be about the playoffs and such. But uh, but right now, um, so so like I say, leading into this thirty five season, before like so what so this I brought in a special uh, a special uh, um, what do they call it uh, um, you know uh, show and tell I guess okay. you could say all right so you got it, a binder there oh it's this is yeah this it's I had this, to, uh, I had to drag this guy I'm out surprised of, you don't have a little diorama yeah little, usually uh, I use my books I got the quotes already in there but this <laughs> but what we have right here this is the uh, this might look a little ungainly a little is this some of your well worn rather research warm. this is, is this? straight out yeah this is taken out of semi retirement okay? okay this is out of my this is out of my research material. Because what I had to do, this because it, you know to understand, we I mentioned the Olympics. You know, we mentioned the Olympics in an episode. We mentioned it not beginning of this episode, yeah, yeah. but the Olympics are the, the Detroit Olympics. Their minor league team is essential to understand to understand the Detroit Red Wings in this year. It's okay. essential, and so 
because was, we talked about the Detroit Olympics at the end of 1934 yeah. had won. It was the 34-35 season. The Detroit Olympics had won the IHL championship. And not only had they won the IHL championship, but there was an inner, inner city series be- with where the Olympics played the Red Wings. And yeah. Keep in mind, this is the Red Wings with all of Jack Adams' star acquisitions. Right. And the Olympics beat the Red Wings oh my God. in this inner city series Jeez. prior to the 35 season. And so, and so, you're, and so Adams is going... What do I got to do? Do I just got to like literally switch the teams? Your minor, <laughs> minor leaguers become the major leaguers and right. vice versa. Yeah. All and right, so, you guys are all going to play in, yeah, in, in the so, afternoon. And, and so in order, the only thing, there was so, when you're, when you're studying this kind of stuff, it's not as easy as just like reading through the newspaper and reading through different books and finding information. Sometimes you got to get, you know, you got to get like, you know, into it. You got to be like, you know, you got to be into the story. So what I did was, I, so what I, what I did was every single article yeah. that related to the, to, the, to the season, okay, not necessarily to the, who the players were or anything like this, all the technicals about all like the hype stories for the next games, um, and for for the Red Wings and the Olympics, I cut out every single article for a two year span, Jeez. going all the way well, pretty much about the first, the last half of the nineteen thirty four thirty five season, and then all the way through the playoffs of thirty five thirty six for the Olympics and the Red Wings. Yeah. And I and I taped or I I glued them into their own pages, and I assembled them into this chronological, basically a book. A, this is the only primary source, yeah. Um, with the exception of maybe Nor- uh, Normie Smith's uh, uh, collection, which uh, his daughter Norma has, which she has like every single clipping ever for every yeah. That's probably a greater primary source for this se- for that season. But it's also like an encyclopedia. There's she's got like six six or seven huge binders. Jeez. In this case, this right here. This is a, literally a a a game by game, and you can and what's and, and it was indispensable for me because the Red Wings and Olympics would like be playing. You know, they're, the games are so. You know, the Olympics are playing today. The Red Wings are playing tomorrow. Sometimes they're playing on the same day in different cities. You know, so there was so interspersed. It was essential, like in order for me to be able to separate the two teams and to see the flow of players, mm-hmm. because that's what that's what you that's what you see happening in the season is whenever like one guy might not be playing well. Adams was tinkering with this Red Wings team the entire season. If there was a guy going hot in the minors, yeah, he'd bring him up so and try it, to get some goals out of him. Because that's harder to do in there. Yeah, well, I mean now with airplanes and things. Uh, that was harder to do then for for most other teams when they were playing in different cities. Yeah. So yeah, it's what yeah, a hell of an advantage. Yeah. So and so in order for me to to separate the two teams, mm-hmm. in order to understand the movement of players between the two clubs, right? In order to understand like the you know the goal scoring, like this is how I found out about how Herbie Lewis. When you're reading this, like every single article is like. Herbie Lewis scores a goal. Herbie Lewis gets an assist. Herbie, you know, like scores a goal, gets an assist, yeah. and that's when you realize for Herbie Lewis, like, because you look at his overalls and they're not the great. I mean, they're good. You know, um, they're you know he's got he's got good numbers, but it's when you look at him in the season, you see that like literally every game it was like one goal or one assist. He would mm-hmm. never have like two goals and three. You know, like he would never have these monstrous games. It was always like one and one, and like one goal or one assist. It was always it was like every single night it was consistency, and that's when you you get that when you can actually read through it like it's a book, you know what I mean? And that's what I set up. So I brought this in, and it's a primary source. And so what I did was I marked out a few sort of choice components of the first eight games. Because the first eight games, where we're going to leave off today's episode, is like yeah. one of the coolest moments of uh, of this. And, you know, I mean, there's so many cool moments, but it's a great moment to leave off of at the end of this episode. Okay. But I want to get us there by taking us on a tour 
of what of some of the the choice moments of the first seven or eight games of will the we, season. Will we be there by Christmas? We'll get there. <laughs> Christmas. We'll get there by Christmas. And not only okay. that, but we're going to leave off on an incredible Christmas moment. I know. That, are you All alluding right. to that? Or are you no, I was. To I was alluding. I was uh, no. I was alluding. I was alluding to that and teasing well, you a little. Okay. Bit. Good. I was alluding to both. Well, good. Okay. Good. Because I was going to say like because sometimes the, the the most important thing about the hype is to let the, is to make the listener and the viewer beg for more. Oh yeah. Beg for more, dude. Oh, yeah. So okay, but so so the so to get us going here, I want to emphasize the, this idea how how new hockey was in the city, and one of the and one of the components is um, at the so this is at the end of 1934. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, this is a, I'm going to read this real quick, just a couple of the first paragraphs because it's a fairly long article. Yeah. But Bob Murphy of the Detroit Times talks about this is the first game he's ever been to, the oh. first Detroit hockey game he's ever been to, and then he says. Um, so he says uh, he's writing it as a joke to somebody he calls Uncle Ezra. So it, uh, Murphy writes thrill of first puck game. He says, "Dear Uncle Ezra, well, Uncle, while well, your wandering nephew is learning things every day, saw my first hockey game last night between New York Rangers and Detroit Red Wings, and I'm telling you, Uncle, you ain't seen nothing until you've seen this hockey. It's po- it's it's potatoes and no kidding." It's the potatoes and no kidding, which is a thirty okay. slang, I suppose. All right, he here. says, uh, not since not since Christmas Eve when Aunt Molly got into your brandy bottle and threw Parson Barlow's <laughs> calf over our front yard fence have I seen so many things happen so fast. It's the speediest and dashiest game of, of them all, me thunk. Uh, more than that, the game seems to require all the finest attributes of, of all the other sports. And so it kind of goes on and on. To is this, a, this is an article? This is an article. That's the and way so, they wrote. Yeah. And the article was sort of like an address to his uncle. Though. Yes. Yes. That's, I love that. Yes. And that's what I mean. That's a, that's, and that's one of the things about journalism is that there's the, the 1930s was like a golden age yeah. of journalism. <laughs> they did, and Bob Murphy didn't write like this all the time. This right. was just a certain thing where it was, you know, the readers, you know, he's writing a story here, writing a story there, and then this pops up and he's like, you know, talking like this. So. Anyway, so Bob Murphy sees his first hockey game it's the, ever. What is it? It's the, the potatoes with the what? Yeah, I he just, says uh, it's. Um, I want to put it on a T-shirt. I think. Yeah, do it. That's a city of champions thing. Right? <laughs> so he goes, and you're like, what does that mean? Like, it's a city of champions. It's a city. Thing. You got to watch the show. To <laughs> so he's, he says, it's the potatoes and no kidding. It's the potatoes and no kidding. And no kidding. All right, all right. <laughs> I like it. It's the potatoes and no kidding. I'm so, working yeah. that into my no, daily. Do it. That's a, that's a great. <laughs> low, it is a great. You say, you know, it's a city of champions thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. So so Bob Murphy, who's one of the main writers. For the Detroit Times, sees his first hockey game at this time. You see, so so I just thought that was interesting, just to kind of point that out. And so anyway, so here's uh, so here's the next little page I got marked here. So this is a this is a, a little uh, conversation. So this is Leo McDonald, okay, in Detroit Times, and this uh, this is dated um, uh, um, October fourteenth, nineteen thirty five. They're sort of like getting ready to go for the season, um, and so he says. Uh, so Leo McDonald says, says a Sunday evening with two gabsters. <laughs> and the two gabsters are Leo McDonald and Jack Adams. Okay. And he's talking to Jack Adams about this upcoming season. And so he says, um, so, so he says, uh, um, so he says, the gab. This is the, the, the gab between the two of them. Leo, how's the Red Wings, old kid, old kid, old kid? Jack, I shot 93 today. Leo, 93? I didn't even know you had that many hockey players to shoot. Jack, <laughs> don't be smart. I was, I was out playing golf with Star Kiki at Oakland Hills. Leo, you're out playing golf at a time like this when the team reports for practice tomorrow? Supposing Mickey Cochran did that. Jack, don't worry. We got some Tommy Bridges and Goose Goslins. Leo, well, how about that hockey club? And then so going to have a champion. Jack, we're going to have one. Leo, so Louis Giffel says... Uh, Leo, so uh, and Jack says, and a champion too. Leo, what makes you think so? Jack, Sid Howe, Marty Berry, Hot Killery, and a few others. 
Leo, pretty cocky, huh? Jack, final sentence, just confidence, son. So Jack's coming out saying, we got a couple of Mickey Cochran's and Goose Goslins. He's comparing yeah. himself to the Tigers, and he's saying, we're going to have a champion this year, too. You see what I'm saying? The hype is building for right, the right. season. Everybody's like, all right, so now what do you got? Yeah. So, what do you got? All right, we had all this good stuff. What do you got? Yeah, so he, so, we're, so they're bringing out. So so, um, so, anyways, so a key component, so the inner city, this is at this moment, the inner city series happens. Mm-hmm. The Red Wings are beaten by the, um, by the, <laughs> by the, Olympics, the Olympics, right? Yeah. And so that happens on November 6th, 1935. Ouch. But one of the key components is, and I have this page marked, and I'm not going to read a quote off it, but Wally Kilrea, which we talked about, which is the younger brother of Heck Kilrea. Okay. Um, so he, Wally is the Wally. captain of the Detroit Olympics, the mm-hmm. minor league club that is doing this damage to the Red Wings. So he's their captain, and he dislocates his shoulder in the final game of, oh. that, of the Inner City Series. And so he's out for, they say he's going to be out for weeks, like he dislocates his shoulder. So that's a key thing to, come, to understand because we're going to come back to that here in a second. All right. So anyway, so, there's, um, so, we, so we're moving right along. So the very first, the very first game of the season is a 1-1 tie to the, to the, from between the uh, Red Wings and the Rangers. 1-1 tie. Keep that in mind for All right. one second is until I get to game number two. <laughs> so, so game Should I bring two. that graphic up? Uh, you can if you want. All just right, give you a play. little, little bit right. of a viewer. Some anybody that's watching, you know, people right. that are watching can actually see the graphic. All right. So game number two, suspense is building. Mm-hmm. Zero zero tie zero. against against the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, it's a goalies Blackhawks. duel. But however, the key thing to take away from this game is that Mike Caracas, and this is where we're going to bring a story we mentioned a few, you know, a few shows ago. Uh-huh. This is the. This is this is the introduction. This this finally, you know, this tame game, zero zero tie against Chicago. It seems tame by the score. This is going to be the opening shots of the one of the greatest rivalry dogfights in the history of, I mean, sports, or okay. at least in the Red Wings history. Yeah. This is this season is going to be a a bloodbath between these teams. Okay. Like this is going to be an absolute, um, you know, this is going to be the absolute just you know a, a dogfight of dogfights. So, so anyways, and so what's important to take away from this game is that in a, a little bit of context to go back a little bit, Mike Caracas, all right, when, when, uh, when James Norris arrives in Detroit, he did so, but he, ha- he, he had the, Detroit, uh, the, uh, the Chicago Shamrocks. We talked about how yeah. he, like, the, he was about to wage a war with the NHL because he wanted a team in Chicago. Yeah. He wanted his own NHL team in Chicago, where he was prevented from doing so by Frederick McLaughlin, the owner of the Blackhawks. I'm going to start my own league. Darn so it. he's like, I'm going to start my own league and no, drive the no, NHL no, out no, of business. Because no, no. that's or, happened. Exactly. But rather than pick a fight with a billionaire with a grudge, but rather than pick a fight... With a billionaire with a grudge, the NHL invited him to wage on ice war against McLaughlin as the owner and leader of the Detroit, you know, which became the Detroit Red Wings. You know, it was the Falcons when he took it over. So, um, so anyways, so the, one of the conditions of James Norris uh, uh, coming to Detroit, he had to disband his um, his his hockey league, his especially the Chicago Shamrocks. He had to disband that league, and so what he did was he gave Jack Adams. First choice of all the players on the Chicago Shamrocks, except for the ones we bought already. Well, he, he, yeah. So he, yeah. So he. So anyway. So he. Um, so Jack Adams. Uh, there was one or two guys that he did take that didn't yeah. really last too long. Okay. But one of the guys that he cut was Mike Caracas, the goalie of the Chicago Shamrocks. Okay. Why that's important is because Mike Mike Caracas. Two years later, uh-huh. shows up. Or this is the third. You know, it's been. This is the you know the third season later. Three years later, Mike Caracas shows resurfaces as the goalie of the Chicago Blackhawks. So now this guy that Adams caught 
you know, Norris's former goalie with the Shamrocks is back, but this time he's a rookie in the NHL, and he's going to he's the Blackhawks goalie. And an injury to the Blackhawks goalie um, in this in the first game of the year leads to Mike Caracas getting his chance to face off as the starting goalie of the Blackhawks against the Red Wings in Game 2 of 1935, the game I just described as a 0-0 tie, which I say might sound a little bit boring or whatever, a 0-0 right, right. tie. No, no. But this is the moment that Mike Caracas makes his debut, and it's a goalie in him and Normie Smith of the Red Wings, a goalie of the, of the Red Wings. Uh, both of them pitch a shutout against each other's teams. Ah. And wait, the next episode we're going to get into the back and forth between these two goalies, the back and forth between Chicago. Yeah. But this is the opening salvo, and so it's important to kind of point that out. So that's game number two. All right. <laughs> right game, number, game number three was – this is going to be a quick one. Game number three was a, a – so here it is. 2-2 tie. So three ties in a row to open the season. Good Lord. Three ties in a row. 2-2 two, two tie to the New York Rangers. All right, so, that, so we got a game four. That's not growing excitement. Well, yes. I, they're probably exciting games. Well, I'll, we'll get to that in here in just one quick second. We'll talk about the excitement level, okay? So game number four, three to one loss to the, to the New York Americans. Uh-huh. So they're not opening up well, okay? So that's your game four. So game five, Red Wings get their first win. Which is you know good two to one okay great so um but but this is this is what was key about this right so they get their first win in game five but on this day so uh, on this day um Wall- so so the, the on this day Wally Kilrea is brought up to the Red Wings on the day his injuries healed yeah he's back on the ice with the Olympics yeah and in his is one of his first couple games back with the Olympics he has a hat trick for the Olympics oh my god and that for a team there for a team that at this moment the newspapers are starting to call the hitless wonders because the defense is holding up all right but they're not scoring any goals yeah. Wally Kilrea down with the Olympics just has a hat trick in one of his first couple games hey, back as the captain that. as the captain of the Olympics and yeah. Adams like get him up here he comes up he doesn't score in this game five but he, but they win their first game, okay. and so it sort of sets the stage that Wally, you know, this he's a, he, some energy one they of needed the, exactly one of these components that's going to help him. And he's actually pointed out in another the very next page here, which is kind of a write up of the previous day's game. They talk specifically about Wally Correa's impressive showing and how it was so good, and even just that one game that it looks like he's going to be there to stay. Okay, like he's good for the rest of the season, and indeed he would be there to stay. He would not get sent back down to the Olympics. And we're, and, you know, he his name's going to come up more towards the end of the season, but it's just essential to know that you know this is this kind of, you know this is you know when Wally comes up and he's now he's like a, you know becomes a fixture. And their first win of the season corresponds with that. So game number six, zero zero tie. <laughs> the hitless wonders. Wally helps them win. We think that their momentum is about to shift, but it's a zero zero tie. Zero, zero yeah, tie. you drop right down. So no, and it's at this moment this that they're, before the days of shootouts. Yeah, and it's at God. this moment that the, the papers are specifically calling them the hitless, the hitless wonders. wonders. Zero zero ties. Yeah, die, tie, lost, tie. They got one win. Oh, other times, yeah. So now, so now, so now we're moving on to game seven. Um, Red Wings lost to the, to the to the Montreal Maroons. So this is a horrible start to the season. Oh. Tie, 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 loss. One win. Tie, 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 that's loss. Not a, that's not a pretty. That's not a pretty. It's ugly. That's not a pretty start there. No, it's horrendous. They're <laughs> losing and tying every game, right? And this yeah. is and this is and keep in mind that's why we talk about the inner city series. 
this is on the heels of losing to the to the Detroit Olympics, who are actually playing great at this moment. I yeah. mean, they're like they're like six and two or something like this. So is it I, too so, late to swap teams? Exactly. So that's the crazy thing about this about this this moment. Where Adams is going, what do I got to do? You know, he's right, got a right. galaxy of stars. He brought up the Olympics captain and Wally Gilrea. You know, they won one game, and he's mm-hmm. like, now we're going, but no, they weren't. So, anyways, on sets game seven, and so. Um, so uh, actually, I just look over here. This, yeah, this, um, yeah. This is what, uh, six and two. The Olympics were at this moment. So anyway, so here we are. So this is a key. This is like a key game right here. All right. Game eight. Okay. And so um, the Red Wings win. Okay, the Red Ooh. Wings win two to one. They beat the Boston Bruins. And two to one might not sound like that big of a deal. They won right. one game, right? But here's a, a couple of key facts to to like sort of mine from this game. The first thing is the attendance. For the Red Wings at this moment, yeah, yeah, the Red Wings drew four thousand fans into a stadium that seated fourteen thousand. <laughs> fourteen thousand fans. It's a lot of elbow room. Exactly. And so they seat four four thousand fans. Okay, at Olympia. And they, here's the thing: the previous game for the Detroit Olympics. Okay. Yeah. At Olympia Stadium, it's uh, the previous day. It's yeah. one day prior. Okay. <laughs> oh no. The Detroit Olympics drew ten thousand six hundred and sixty-seven fans. They drew almost eleven. They drew almost eleven thousand fans. Um, the, uh, their minor league team outdrew them by by a magnitude, by a, you know, almost triple by triple digits. People love those minor league teams. Yeah, they, they love winners. <laughs> they, they love, love winners. winners. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? They yeah. love winning teams. They love you know they see these teams, and so um, you know maybe they were coming there to watch some of the you know but you know it's a Canadian team because the you know the Olympic the Olympics were playing the yeah. London Tecumsehs, which is right. a, you know Canadian team. But I mean that's a huge you know seven thousand sure. extra fans show up to watch a minor league game against uh, an NHL game. So that's the first minor thing. That's the first thing to understand is the Red Wings at this moment are this is the comparison. This is the situation. They're drawing less fans than the minor league team, right? So that's so that's why this is that's why that you can that's why it's important to say what they dig next is so essential because if they would have continued to lose and going down the crapper, yeah. then this who's to say that this Red Wings thing would have ever been what it is to this very day? Sure. Um, so that's like that's the first thing to, to the first detail to mind. Another cool detail is that the Detroit Lions had just won the Western Division in the NFL for the NFL. Oh, okay. so they were headed. They were on their way to the NFL Championship. They had they were not champions at this moment. They were on their way, and so they had just won. And this incredible game we talked about in the Lions section, but they had this this insane. Comeback and they went from last place to the Western Division Championship, and this was the day after they'd won. In the in a, in a massive group of Lions players were at this game. Oh. They were among the four thousand, and they came what? down to the Red Wings locker room. Uh-huh. There's a whole description of there talking about how they were in the locker room, congratulating them, talking about all this. And and one and so I want to read you a quote yeah. um, um, with that talks about uh, okay. So this is, this is an article that they wrote after the game. Talking about the significance of this one win. Okay. Come on, it's only their second win in the entire season. Their eighth <laughs> second game of the year. win. Come on, fellas. Their eighth game of the year, and it's, it might so it might not seem that like that big of a deal. Sure, it's their second win in eight games. Yeah, their big brothers come in to have a talk with them. Yeah, but so no, so this is a, so this is where um, you know the, the Bud Shaver steps in. He's a he's the uh, he is the sports editor of the Detroit Times, and so he so this is where he says like this. He says we went to Olympia last night to conduct a one man grand jury investigation of the Red Wings. <laughs> There having been numerous and loud complaints from the citizens that the wings are suffering from an always the bridesmaid, never a bride complex. It seemed we picked the wrong night. 
The wings showed no trace of halitosis or anything else which might disqualify them from success and popularity. On their showing last night, we find them not guilty. They'll do. A 2-1 to victory over Boston Bruins may seem like a narrow escape from the tie games, which would have been the Wings' chief aim in life up to the present, but Jack Adams' boys were much better than the, the score indicated. The, rings had, the Wings had so much more speed and class than the Bruins that at times we counted noses to make sure Jack didn't have 12 men on the ice instead of six. <laughs> Abby Goodfellow and Johnny Sorrell skated around the Boston defensemen so fast they looked like they were screwed to the ice. Even the great Eddie Shore seemed to be having a bad night. But if he was, ju- but it, but if he was, he had a lot of company. We prefer to believe the Wings were just that much better. Well, okay. So they go there, and the Wings play. It's not just some ordinary ho hum. They won two to one, right, but right. the Red Wings are making a move. This team is finally starting to come together, and All they're right. starting to play like a you know like 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 a you know like a galaxy of stars. You know what I mean? You know, it's like this, like they're coming together. So that's what's key is like it's only their second win, but everybody that was there that night could see that something was that something was was now clicking. You see, and the I mean, switch the, has been flipped. Yeah, and that the lions are there. It makes it even kind of cool. That the yeah. lions are yeah, there. Yeah, you know? and so um, and so anyway, so uh, moving right along. So game nine. Yeah, three to two win. Oh, nice. Yeah. So now we got the third win of the now season. Now we're back into it. Yes. In the game ten, they revert back to a tie, one to one. But they, but here's the thing: seven thousand fans. Okay, seven thousand fans. Let's get some right? butts and some and seats. It's against an American team. Right? Oh. It's not against, so it's not of, of you know it's not against the Canadians, like the Canadians coming into yeah. this is a Detroit team versus a, you know a New York team. Seven thousand right. fans. So now the fans are starting to wake up a little bit. You see, mm-hmm. and so that's why this that's why this thing is so great because you can see all these little nuances. The progression, through, right? yeah. So, anyways, so game number so they're so game number eleven. All right, Detroit three to one win three to one win over the Blackhawks. They 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 take down the Blackhawks in Chicago in so like the, you see, oh, so anyway so on the it, road. It, so um so the, the, I just want to read a, a quick little quote. Uh, the title of the article is uh, "Wing Score with Fists and Puck." So I want to read you a little fight quote, right? Yeah. So um. So uh, it says, uh, in the final period with only 35 seconds to go, Sid Howell laid a pass on Lewis's stick for the final goal of the game. The fist fight occurred with only three minutes left to play. Louis Trudell drew the first Hawk penalty of the game. Howell Sorrell and Mud Brunito were the wings line and turned everything on. Caracas caught one of the Sid Howell shots between his heels, and in the ensuing fracas, the, f- the front of the Chicago net was a free-for-all. Is the net the free-for-all started. And so as every player of both teams got in at least some shadow boxing before Bill Stewart and Odie Cleghorn, the officials, saw fit to interfere. By the time good, by that time, Goodfell and Locking stepped in for the windup. Immediately after the semifinal, which had which was a battle royale, Good Goodfellow had only time to point to to uh, paint up Locking's kisser before the fight was called off. Both players were sent to the penalty box for a major of five minutes. Ah, <laughs> so they so they have this massive you know fight in Chicago at this season. Right, old time hockey. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> and so I want to I want to uh, go back just a hair because I want to read yeah. another Chicago fight, which is a little bit more detail. Okay, which talks about this is a, this is a little bit more detail about just how brutal these fights could be. And this is like backtracking a hair, but um, it's it's since we're on the topic of fighting, I want to read one more fight article. I yeah. have earmarked for either the beginning or end or somewhere in between. And this is the somewhere in between. Okay. So, all right. So this this article actually comes from the Olympics championship game because oh. it's just a great description of the type of fights that happened back then. So it said. <laughs> So the article is titled, um, this is again from the O's Championship from 34-35. So Usher's battle as O's beat London. So the Ushers are fighting in this, okay? That's what I love about this article. So um, 
Saul uh, right here says, uh, a game comparatively tame on the ice was topped off with fistic fireworks in which it took a half dozen ushers and as many police officers to quell one spectator, a Detroiter, incidentally. One usher suffered a blackened eye from the wild swinging of a fellow employee. Another was cut in the forehead and a woman fainted during the excitement. The impromptu battling took place in the corridor uh, on the McGraw side of the rink just as the game was concluded and started when one of the ushers and the spectator got into an argument over the smoking of a cigarette. Once the game was delayed while attaches cleaned the ice after someone had hurled an empty bottle from the gallery. The flying bottle broke into small bits just after missing one of the players. <laughs> so Chicken wire. People What's throwing it? bottles on the ice. <laughs> and we're going to see that peppered in. I wanted to read that because there's several articles as we go forward. Mm-hmm. And in case I miss one you know, in the next episode, because there's going to be a lot to cover in the next episode. Sure. But I just wanted like this idea, like people threw bottles on the ice. This was something that was not an isolated incident. People threw bottles at they threw bottles on the ice. You're, the ice it looks like glass. So they're skating and fighting and did all this with potentially shards of glass on yeah. the ice. Uh, yeah, they didn't. Right? Have, they didn't have the the the, the wonderful zambonis. That they didn't they have, have a zamboni. There's no, no zamboni. They had a bro- they had brooms. Uh, yeah, you know, there's buckets sweet. of hot water. Yeah, and... they're buckets of hot water. And they're like, did you get all the glass? They're like, eh, probably. I think so. Yeah, you know. But this is the era we're talking about. People talk about the 30s, and they see a lot of times with the football and hockey. You see yeah. these players, and they're wearing like leather helmets, and they're look maybe look a little smaller than guys today. They go, <clears throat> "Oh, that was the old timey football, a bunch of you know, like kind of a bunch of wimps." Yeah, That's a bunch of wimps. This is an era where there was no law. This is this is <laughs> outlaw sports, this is, this man. Is wild West. Kind That's of what stuff, I'm trying to yeah. say. This is crazy. So, anyways, that is a little bit. Of, I wanted to throw a little uh, color in with that with this fight because yeah. um, they talk about the participants in the fight, but they didn't give it too much color in this particular article. But, but they will. We will. We'll read a couple more in the, in the future here. So anyways, um, <clears throat> so anyways, uh, so the, the, the Red Wings win against Chicago for their 11th game, and they follow it up with a win in game number 12 against the, uh, Toronto, 4-2. to two. Yeah, They're in Toronto. They win 4-2. to two. And so on um, this day, December 15th, and this is sort of the last point of where I want to get to with this scene. We went through 12 games. I thought we were going to do seven, 12 games. Right, right. But this right here. This December fifteenth, nineteen thirty-five, is the day that the Red Wings won this one beat the Toronto in um, game number twelve for the nineteen thirty-five season. Okay, okay, what is it? Like their fifth win, I think. Um, whatever it was, I wasn't. I lost count for a second there. But, anyways, this win in particular, this day. Anybody that's listening right now, anybody that's listening right now, write this number, this date down. Okay, because there's a couple of there's a lot of significant dates in Detroit sports history. But this day in particular is this this very specific day is the turning point. It is the it is the crux. It is the hinge upon which the entire nineteen thirty five season shifts. Okay, it's that important. Is it December fifteenth? December fifteenth, nineteen thirty five. Yes. Did you get? Did you I got get it up down? on the graphic. Okay, yeah. great. Right. <laughs> I was just guessing. Yes. Yes. So December fifteenth. Really good at that. Because on this day. Detroit Lions win the NFL championship. Oh, crap. Okay. Yes. That's a big day. I'm not finished yet. All right. Okay. <laughs> On this day, Joe Lewis is named the most outstanding athlete. Uh, the, it's an it's a Associated, uh, Associated Press most outstanding athlete of the year, which is the, it's basically the MVP of all sports. Deservedly so. Yes, absolutely. And it also 
the um the, the, this is the award that in 1934 went to Dizzy Dean, who was like literally the uh, like the fascination of the entire country. I mean, this at this time we don't really do this. I don't think it's. I mean, there's a couple of things like Sports Illustrated Player of the Year, or whatever, uh, Athlete of the Year, or whatever. Um, but this was a big award. This is mm-hmm. especially for a man for a black man right, out right. of Black Bottom, Detroit. Only right. he's only you know 19 years old. You know, this is this is a guy that came out of literally nowhere. Um, you know, to just, I mean, in li- like literally on December, no, barely anybody a year before, nobody knew who he was Right. in only a single year. That's so I mean, So you have the lions win their championship, Joe Lewis, the most outstanding athlete of the year. And the red wings are now tied for first place in Holy the American smoke. division. Yes. And so at this moment, any, so on December 16th, the very next day, the readers who open their newspaper articles, they would have, you know, maybe they didn't catch the Red Wings game. Maybe they, they were not engaged um, in this particular game. I'm pulling up the Detroit news right but, now. So we have, so this is you. what we're showing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll show the cover of the book first, because this is, so this is, this is actually, this is the cover of my book. Oh, that's why I put killing, it on here. You're killing me with this. Well, that's why we put it on here first to show this. I wanted to show how I'm just messing with yeah, it. How, yeah. how how critical you thought this was. Oh, it's, so it's that's the this is the, so the cover of my my first book. The middle newspaper is the that's the newspaper that came out on the sixteenth of December, mm-hmm. and on that day you can actually see it. It says right on the cover. That's where you can zoom in if you want. That next one you were going to show, uh huh. But you can see there it. It go. says right on the cover: Lions capture title on speed and better judgment. And then you can see right in this, the very second article, or the very uh, you can it's almost the, like a second deck. Yes, second yeah. deck. Wings continue December drive and gain first place. And then the very bottom, Joe Lewis acclaimed outstanding athlete of 1935. Yeah. They're all right there. Anybody that opened their newspaper on December 16th, 1935, 15th. they all knew. Well, no, it's the 16th because it happened oh, on the 15th. Fair play. Okay, yeah. so this is the 16th paper? It should be, yeah. yeah Do yeah. you have this actual paper? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you have this one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an important one this to have one, for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one. Well, this one I actually got. I forgot exactly where I got this particular one. I think I got a. It was a scan from somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, but you, the, you got a copy of this. But eventually, I found an original of this. Nice, yeah. So I nice. when I saw the original of this, I got it for like ten bucks or something. <laughs> Holy crap! That's, yeah, that's the advantage of being a Detroit nineteen thirty five collector. Yeah, is that everything is dirt cheap. <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> you know, most things it might be old, but people are like, it's an old newspaper. I've just kind of been keeping it. To find it a good home, you know, like they're. I mean, the, the I, my favorite newspaper, which is the City of Champ, the Champions newspaper, which has like all the champions all over it. That I got one of those. My I put in a bid on eBay for that. Yeah, yeah. It's the only that it's the only one I've ever seen on eBay. I've, I have three of them, and one of them, the one I got. So I have one that's in torn in half, but it, I was able to piece it together. It's the one I travel with and do like you know, book talks and shows sure, with it. Sure. Um, the second, I have another one that I traded a, a couple books for to a guy at an art show that's like glued to a wooden board and framed, and that's in my office. So that's like on my wall. But I got a mint condition copy of Ooh. this newspaper, the one with all the players on it. This is right, the right. champions one. Um, I got the. I saw that on eBay, right? Mm-hmm. And I got this newspaper. My my max bid for this on eBay was nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You wanted you wanted it bad. You know how much I got it for? How much you get it for? Yes, ah. nine ninety nine. Nine ten 
dollars. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. You were willing to go a grand. I was willing to go a grand, and I got it for ten. Wow. And that thousand bucks was everything I had. Wow. That was like every dollar. I mean, I was being cute with the nine, you know, ninety nine, you know, ninety nine nine ninety nine cents or whatever. But it was, but it was, but that was literally all I had. I didn't, I didn't have like, I, mean, I think, I think I had maybe a couple dollars on top. We're of it. quite as. But liquid, I was ready. Man. I was going all in because it's the only Jeez. one I've ever seen like that it was in mint condition. Yeah. And I go, and it was ten bucks. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the advantage of being a <laughs> City of Champions collector is that like you go out. I mean, a lot of this stuff. I mean, yeah. unless it's like a Lions first game program or something, which just has overall you know collector's value. Sure. Um, you know, NFL collector's value, but a lot of this 1935 newspaper stuff now snapping up for for pennies on what they sh- the dollar of what Jeez. they should be. So, anyways, the, so that's so this you can see on this paper. Anybody that's viewing, I apologize for people that can't see it. You know, that are listening to this, but you can see in the newspaper it's a tremendous photo of uh, Ace Katowski running right up the middle of the. There's uh, it just it's a picturesque NFL picture where he's yeah. running up the middle. He's running right towards you. The, the cameraman is sitting in the end zone taking a shot of him running right at him. And there's two Lions linemen that are just pushing guys aside, opening up this massive hole. Right. So he's running up the middle for a touchdown. And this, this was actually the very first touchdown they scored that day. Mm. Um, and then so, and then it says right in the newspaper, just like we read, Lions capture title on speed and better judgment. Wings continue December drive and game first place. Joe Lewis acclaimed the Elsang athlete of 30, 1935. And anybody at home that opened this newspaper and saw this headline, they certainly knew that the Tigers had won the World Series by sure. this point. Yep. Right? They all knew that. Number- and so they're looking at this. So think about this. Tigers win their World Series. Lions on this day win the NFL championship. And now the Joe Lewis, of course, who's a sensation of the yeah. country, has come out of Detroit with this the most incredible story and, and rise the in wings, the world. Wings move into first place. Now the Wings are into first place. Uh, now there's a bigger story. Yeah. Can the Red Wings do it? Can I mean, it's as clear as day. All the right, other guys right. are right there. All that's left over is Red Wings. So from this moment forward, yeah. that's when... The fans started to ask that question, and that's when the newspapers, ex- especially the Detroit Times, started hmm. hyping up the idea of Detroit becoming the city of champions. Right. So, th- so this, and so, th- so think about this for a second. For the Red Wings, up until this point, there it was like winning in '35 was like kind of a hope, like oh, we're going to try to do this. You know, they sign these players, but now they're carrying a, a, a pretty significant burden because all these other teams have all won. And if they don't win, so now they're like, there's, they're not just trying to, hoping to win. There's actually expectations yeah. upon them doing it. The pressure's on. The, the pressure is says, absolutely on. Yeah, but they got the tools to do it. I mean, they have the they, when they're when they're clicking, exactly. they're clicking exactly. Well, they're they're starting to put it together. There's a reason why they're in first place. They have a squad. They've yeah. got a team. They just you know they just you know they beat the the Blackhawks in this you know this game, and you know they beat they've just done a round robin of great teams. The Boston uh, Bruins were a fantastic team. Yeah, and so um you know they're, they've already been beat, they've pretty much beaten you know the Toronto uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a fantastic team, and they beat them. So, um, yeah. So the so now this so the Red these now these these fans, which may have never engaged in hockey yet, now all of a sudden the Red Wings are they're, they're not playing for some obscure Canadian Cup that nobody you know some what's what's it called what? the Stanley what I don't what do you I, yeah, I don't it's, never uh, I don't really know what that is. It looks like a big ashtray. Yeah. What are you bringing this in my house? Yeah, what so, is this? So they're not. So now they're not playing. I have no for this, idea what that accent was. It's like a Bavarian okay. German. Like, yeah, <laughs> All right. Anyway, go German, ahead. Like, my family's you know I have a lot of German in my family. <laughs> okay. from over here, so I recognize some of those accents. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm doing. So anyways, so this is what we're dealing with here. We got so now the Red Wings. So the fans of these Detroiters, the fans of the Tigers, the fans of the Lions, uh, the fans of Joe Lewis, boxing fans, and this and that. 
all of a sudden now all these other sports are out of season. They're all done. Mm-hmm. But now there's a sport. Oh my God, there's another sport we can follow in the dead of winter indoors. Right, we can right. Go have some drinks. We can go watch some you know on ice combat. I'm feeling surly. I could throw a bottle at those mofos. I throw, yeah, I got a good arm, man. I can throw a bottle. You can throw bottles in there. You know, hey. like all of a sudden the fans started coming up to check this team out. So like, and the fans started coming and the crowd started to pile in. And we're gonna see this is the next game two. 12, game 13. What's yeah. our attendance? So game here? so but here's the thing. Do we know attendance? Uh 10 yeah, right here. Okay. Game 13, game 13. Um this so this is so game 12 was this on the 15th. That was the day that the championship yeah. the Red, Red Lions won. Yeah. But on game 13 versus the Rangers at Olympia Stadium the very next day, that was the day that December 16th, 10 thousand fans okay. all right Adelaide getting our numbers Stadium. up now, we're, Red Wings, now we've matched our, our minor yes, league team yes we got to build from here holds fourteen thousand, ten thousand fans not bad yeah not bad yeah yeah and so in uh, so anyways in the so the so the red wings beat the rangers um and now the red wings are in sole position possession of first oh, place okay so now they're not tied for first Uh-oh. anymore they are the first place team. Nice. And so now anybody that's, you know, come out to say, hey, let's give this team a try. Yeah. And they come out there and the Red Wings put on a show. They win four to two. Um, there's goals across the board. You know, Heck Correa, um, uh, Red Kelly, Larry Ori. Um, and, oh, check this out. You're going to love this fact. That's yeah, why I yeah. love this thing because there's just so much random stuff in here. Yeah, yeah. Buckle McDonald. First goal of the season. Buckle. And second second since coming with the Red Wings in 34-35. His first goal of the season is on the game that they move into. He only, I think he only had two goals the whole season. <laughs> so his first goal of the 35 season is on the day that the Red Wings move into sole possession of first place in front of the home crowd. You know, like... In front of the like probably the biggest crowd. And what did they he do afterward? Season. He went out and ate ate a steak ate the burgers, size of a yeah. cow. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, after that, they're so that's what I'm saying. Like on the front, that's what's like you know, it's like it's that's why this season's so fascinating. Like I forgot, I didn't even like write that in the notes for like selecting it. I'm just like, oh, by the way, yeah, Bucko's first goal of the game, okay. first goal of the season. You know, like yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like this season, like it's just it's you know, this is where I want to leave off here. But you can see, like, um, now the Red Wings, this is not, they're not the hitless wonders anymore. No. They're sole possession of first place. They're the representatives of Detroit mm-hmm. who has a potential for a clean sweep of major sport championships in the middle of the Great Depression yeah. where Detroit fans are looking for anything to get excited about, have never been excited, about, truly excited about hockey. Sure. And now this is their moment. The All eyes in Detroit are on them. Mm. Can they add the final championship trophy to the mantle of the Detroit mm. Sports Championships. And now this is know. where the comic comes in. Yeah. The final image. This is yeah, the yeah. exclamation point. That's why I brought this in. Look at this. Look at the date. This this came out uh, uh, December 31st. This came out December 31st. It's, uh, it's actually 30, 30, uh, 35. This is not 36. I put the wrong date on the bottom. Okay. So this came out the end of 35, if anybody is looking at it. Detroit Times. Yeah, this came out the very right after Christmas. So um, and you can so what it is for anybody that can't see it. So this was right out of the newspaper, and um, and it says right here. Wonder if he found room. It's a picture of Santa Claus, and the in the in the bag says bag of champions, mm. right? And so he's so already in the so it's a fireplace that he's filling these stockings up, and there's a tiger stocking with a trophy in it. Yeah. There's a there's a, a lion's trophy with a stocking in it. Nice. There's a Joe Lewis stocking with the boxing gloves, nice. and, you know, hanging from it, like stuffed with. And all and there's an empty stocking for the Red Wings, mm. and and Santa Claus has got the the trophy in I his wonder, hands. I wonder if they'll do it. 
Yeah, exactly. That's so right here. That's what I love about this cartoon. Besides the fact that it's like the greatest Christmas card ever. Yeah. Like my first few years in business, I was giving these away for Christmas. Oh my god. I know it's the greatest like Christmas card ever, but yeah. nobody knows what it was. Nobody knows what the hell it <laughs> that's means. The thing that sucks about it. I loved one of these years to give these things back away for Christmas gifts, yeah, yeah. and for everybody to know what it means and be like, "This is the greatest Christmas card ever." But at the time, I made all these copies. I was so excited about it. You we were like. It's Santa. What's I don't really get it. You know, yeah. like no, it's the city champions card. <laughs> you know, nobody knew what it was, but um, but you can just see the mentality. You know what they're thinking right there because they're like wonder if you know wonder if Santa will find room um to bring us you know this you know when if this last championship will will be you know will be in Detroit when if that final championship will be added yeah. to the mantle of um, Detroit sports so. Um, yeah, so we're, that's we gotta that's we gotta really hold our long, breath yeah. for a couple more episodes yeah, to find out wait. if they do it. Find out next week on <laughs> the, ex- the next exciting chapter of Detroit City of Champions podcast. I'm gonna, I want to thank everybody for uh, hanging out and, and spending time with us. We we appreciate it. I, I uh, Charles, I love uh, the way you tell this story, and uh, I, I appreciate you. Uh, I love doing uh, sit, it, man. Sitting down yeah. to sitting down to do this, and if you haven't done so, if you're hanging out with us uh, and you haven't subscribed, go ahead subscribe. Uh, wherever you're at, be it yeah, a, anyway, uh, yeah, YouTube go, or, yes. or the audio podcast. Uh, if you're on YouTube, head over to the audio podcast. Find yeah. us wherever. You know, it's on uh, iHeart, it's on Stitcher, it's on uh, Google Music and Google Play and Apple Music. Yeah, and everybody Music would do us a huge it's favor. Everywhere. Huge favor Leave because we got 30 episodes under our belt now. Mm. We've been asking people for, like, likes and then subscribes yeah, and, and this please. kind of thing. But, like, if Follow anybody up. that goes, if you go onto YouTube, anybody's listening to the show that wants to, like, you know, you know, probably you know friends of Jamie and I or whatever watching the show. Um, you can you know, send us money. Or, oh yeah, or, that comes a little bit late. We're gonna get our money. You know, or yes, but or likes. Just a like. What, what I found. Like. What I found out. I mean, it's just it's obvious. Everybody knows this. That you know, liking the video helps to spread. The, you know, it helps the algorithm to spread in that. Yeah. But it's really it it. I mean, it's even as small as just hitting the thumbs that thumb button. It really does help. You know, it helps us grow this show. I mean, it might be something you don't even have to. You know, comments help, but. Um, yeah. Especially if even if you go over to YouTube specifically, subscribe to the show, like the page. You know, we're, yeah. that's, it's it doesn't take long. And if it's and I tell you right now, if you do that for my show, if you're and anybody that's watching, you if you get a show out there, I promise you, I'll do it for your show. He'll like follow. Us, he'll follow your TikTok. We'll follow he you. will do a special TikTok dance just for you. I don't know all that. But. No, I don't even know <laughs> yeah, what a TikTok you, is. You can promise that. Don't I don't know. I know. Like it's like you're, but, you got you got like a flip phone that's like. Yeah, no, he's I'm not TikTok. No, he's not. He's not promising me. I'm not doing a TikTok. <laughs> but, but um, but I will like watch if you have something that projects you like. To think, yes. you know, like we appreciate it. Really helps the algorithm. We're trying to grow the show. We're trying to get stuff out. We got uh, Champions Day yeah. coming up. We're trying to draw our audience in. Yeah, and um, you know, try to get it out because there's a lot of Detroit sports fans that, um, that I think would you know, it's like um, you know that you know, we, we eventually we want to branch out and just doing Detroit sports history. We want to talk with people that are doing all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, and, so yeah, we got a couple more uh, episodes to talk about the this Wings season, uh, but we're gonna jump in in the middle of this because uh, we're we're coming up. You know, you listen to the podcast wherever, whenever, however you find it, but we're coming up on our calendar in real time on April 18th, which is uh, the Celebrated Champions Day. And we are going to be at the Detroit Historical Museum uh, recording live at the Detroit Historical Museum uh, and telling the story uh, of the plaque uh, signed by every governor in the United States and uh, President Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. They signed this plaque. And and, and it was lost. It was was lost to antiquity. It's an incredible story. Uh, So we're going to share that story. 
and uh, we're going to be at the Historical Museum for Champions Day, and we're going to make it an annual thing. Just yeah, do absolutely. something special for uh, Champions Day. Uh, we're kicking it off this time because there's still limited uh, uh, yeah. connectivity, and uh, you are welcome to come to uh, to the museum on April 18th. Oh, really? It, it, it is it up? is open. Okay, good. Yeah, the museum is open, and, and people will be there while we're doing the recording. Yeah, come so. in. Yeah, we're going to be doing that. There's like some kind of like a, we're going to be connecting with another podcast group that are doing like yep. a, um, like a trivia day or yeah. like a trivia thing. Or yeah, later in the afternoon. Like so there's a whole a whole bunch of stuff. So follow uh, follow us on Facebook to find out all the Champion Day Champions Champions Day uh, events that that we have yeah, on tap. It's gonna be a cool day, and then we're you know yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a fun day. And, and then um, if it's you know past April eighteenth, you too, can go right? back and see the videos of of what it was. Yeah, yeah it's Sunday. It's like it's gonna be like two o'clock that we broadcast. I'm like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sunday yeah, 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 at yeah, yeah. two on the on the eighteenth. There is admission it. to the uh, museum now. Uh, it used to be free. There's an oh, really? there's an admission now. But if you know Charles or I and you want to go. Uh, yeah, we, we got we a can, guest list. So, yeah, we can smuggle. You I can in. put you on the list. Yeah, we know here, Carrie, we need roadies. We know, so, yeah, no, we, we know, don't need roadies. Yeah, we know, we but need, we, we, we got a people. list, so we can we can bring a couple people with us. Yeah, so cool. reach out if you want to. Even if you don't know us and you're listening and you want to come in for free, I'm I'm down with yeah. it. Email me. It's gonna be fun. It's a cool. It's gonna be like the plaque. If you if if you're anywhere near Detroit, the story. plaque and especially you haven't seen the plaque up close. No, have you? no, I'm I'm Wait just till dying. You see this thing in front of Spoiler you. Spoiler alert! Biggest thing. It's, it's no longer lost to antiquity. Apparently, yeah, it's no longer lost. But the story of how it was found, yeah, is I love incredible. it. I love it. Incredible. I love it. Yeah, and so but the plaque when you see it in person, mm-hmm. like I've got the pictures of it in the book, but when you see it in front of you yeah. and you see how big it is. Yeah. It's monstrous. It's like this massive mahogany plaque. It was made in Grand Rapids. I'm not going to go out into this thing, you know, into the details yeah. of the plaque, but it's like the coolest thing. Oh, well, that'll be it's the coolest in thing. the next episode. Yeah. So people can tune in for that. So again, thanks for being with us. Uh, it's I almost said Man Cave Happy Hour. <laughs> it's Detroit City of Champions uh, podcast. Detroit Studios. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Appreciate it, Charles. Thanks. Always a pleasure, Jamie. All right. Next time. Oh, what do we keep your stick on the ice, right? Keep we're your still stick on the we're ice. still in hockey. Yeah. Keep, your, keep stick your stick on the, on the ice. ice. All right, here we go.